Well, thank you for coming with us today, for joining with us, to celebrate our 120th church anniversary. What a wonderful thing it is to, uh, to be here in Wangaratta for such a long time as a, as a gospel presence. And of course, we, it's also Vision Sunday. You know, on the 23rd of November in 1902, the very first baptism service was held in Wangaratta by Wangaratta Baptist Church. That's what we're celebrating today, 120 years later. But did you know that the first church service in Wangaratta was actually held on May 11th, 1902? And there has actually been a Baptist presence in Wangaratta right back since 1848, here in Wangaratta and in the Ovens Valley. You know, that is 174 years that there's been a Baptist presence here in the northeast. And we're stewards of that today. You know, what a privilege it is to be stewards of that, that presence for the gospel for this generation and the next here in the northeast. You know, I was recently looking at the account of Nehemiah in the scriptures, and as I was reading, as I was reading a few things jumped out at me. And uh, they really seem to connect with us as a church in this moment that we find ourselves in today. The first one was that a burden was placed upon Nehemiah. And that burden was for God's people and for building a safe home for them to flourish. That was a deep implanting of God's heart in Nehemiah. And I guess you could say that that's where Nehemiah's vision was birthed. That was where that all came from, was that, that deep implanting, that birthing of something within Nehemiah, God's heart. And in 2019, I believe that was what happened for us as a church as well, as God breathed into us this new vision that we undertook. When God placed a burden on our hearts as a church to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel to the northeast. Once that burden was planted upon Nehemiah, he then went through a period of waiting. I don't know about you, but it sort of feels like March 2020, we entered a period of waiting, didn't we? We had to stop many of the things that we'd begun and, and, and we had to find ways of doing things. But during Nehemiah's period of waiting, he was also discovering and researching and exploring the task ahead. Listen to what he says here in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. He says, So I went to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me but the one on which I rode. I went out by night by the valley gate to the dragon spring and to the dung gate, and I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the valley and expected the wall, and I turned back and entered the valley gate and so returned. 
And I sort of feel like this is what the last couple of years has been for us. You know, we've, we've really made some great strides ahead, great strides forward in many areas. And we have seen God moving and working amongst us. But it's been a bit of a waiting period as well and, and a time of exploring. We've had time to take stock of where we are, of where we've been, and to look at the great work ahead. It's been a time of consolidating our mission in our hearts and minds, what we are here for. What we are here for, we exist to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel to the northeast by making disciples through authentic worship, through vibrant family, gospel-centered growth and joyful service. That is our mission. That is the reason that we exist. That is the burden that God has placed upon us. That is our vision. Glory to God, hope to the northeast. And in 2019, we put some flesh on that vision and how it's expressed through the values that we hold as a church. And if you were here at that time and participated in that process, you would have known that we went from something that was this big to something that was this big and refined it to something that was this big, but then it was still pretty big. <laughs> and uh, the last three years, we have seen how those values play out. And if you remember, those value statements were very long, as I said, but they were really helpful in guiding us really well over the last three years. But we've put some work into refining those as well. And we've been able to simplify them a bit and express them more succinctly. And so here are our values. By the grace of God and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we seek the following. These are those four values. First one is authentic worship. Worship is a way of life not limited by time or place. Our worship is Jesus-centered, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and full of hope. It is the fuel for discipleship, utilizing the gifts of many to worship Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. Vibrant family. Our local church is family, where everyone is welcome and can belong. Family is the context for discipleship. As family, we embrace all generations, encouraging each other with love and generous hospitality in a hope-filled, safe space. Gospel-centered growth, that's the result of discipleship. And we will equip and empower each other to grow in faith and knowledge of the Bible, expressing the hope of Christ as reproducing disciples. And joyful service, the overflow of discipleship. Our service is an expression of love and grace empowered by a passion to bring hope. We selflessly and sacrificially serve others as committed and joy-filled disciples. These are our values. These are what underpin everything that we do as a church. This is us. This is our DNA. The next thing for Nehemiah for him was a call to action. 
his vision from God, his, his burden, was not going to become a reality unless he put out a call to action, casting a vision to God's people and letting them catch it and run with it. So if you look at me at, not at Nehemiah chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 17. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned? Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. My question to you today is this. How are you strengthening your hands for the good work ahead of us as a church? Those good works, just like Nehemiah said in verse 18. Will you join with us and say, let us rise up and build? Will you respond today to this call of action and explore how you can be vitally involved in bringing the hope of the gospel to our community and take action? In 2019, we put together a pretty ambitious three-year strategic plan of all the things we would do and the direction we would take. That was our action plan for the last three years. And surprisingly we were actually able to accomplish the majority of things that we set out to do, even over the last three years. And that is what has led us to this moment, as we cast vision for 2023 and beyond. We were right in the direction that God was leading us. God, God's leading was right. But our timing was always in his hands. And so today we want to share with you where we are going and what our vision is for 2023 and beyond. We're going to continue as God has already been leading and directing us, waiting for his timing while actively participating in the pursuit to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel to the northeast. That's our vision for now continue as God has already been leading and directing us there's nothing really new here we are not changing course God hasn't told us to do that we're still completely and unwaveringly committed to bring the hope of the gospel to the northeast and continue in the direction that he has been taking us but We are going to wait for his timing on when those things happen rather than arbitrarily putting dates and times on things like we had on everything from our three-year strategic plan. But that doesn't mean we're just going to sit here and twiddle our thumbs and do nothing. No. We We will actively participate in that pursuit of seeing God's vision become a reality, of bringing glory to God as we bring the hope of the gospel by making disciples. We still have our four value areas and we are still going to work hard in each of those areas. And so I'd like to unpack those a bit for us today. And here is sort of how those those values are being expressed 
um, have already started in that, this direction. We're just continuing that. And this is going to guide us for, time, for the time ahead. So we're going to, under authentic worship, grow and equip a passionate team serving on Sundays, moving towards live music at each service, improve our digital, online and media capabilities and further equip the team. Now, our Sunday gatherings are really important to us. They are where we meet together to worship, to pray together, and to be encouraged and challenged from the Word of God. We want to continue to invest in and grow the team that leads this time. And if the last few years have shown us, our digital and online areas are so important. Do you know that nearly every adult that I speak to who has come to us on a Sunday to check us out has already done so online. Most have watched a sermon, or several of them, before they've even arrived. So our digital and online presence is a key area to continuing to invest in, along with our Sundays. Because you know how our vision is not just Wangaratta, but it's the northeast. But do you know we have people from all over Australia tuning in? to most of our sermons each week. I am, I'm surprised by how many stories I hear fed back of people in, in other states around Australia who check in, and there's even some overseas that do too. It's amazing what the digital world brings us. That's why it's so important. And so we're going to continue investing in our online presence as well. We'll also facilitate a growing Converge or Affinity Ministry offering as well as corporate prayer gatherings exploring new and engaging opportunities in this space. You know, places and spaces for community are just as important as Bible studies. Time and space to build relationship, to build community, to build family are essential to human flourishing. That's why we have kids groups, golf groups, craft groups. That's why we're open to having many more in God's timing and at his leading. And we'll also be exploring new and engaging corporate prayer opportunities as well. We're going to prepare and plan for our future needs as we continue to grow as a congregation, expanding opportunities and engagement of more people in worship. You know, we always need to have a foot in the future as well as in the present. We need to be looking ahead and planning for where God is taking us so that we know what to do when we get there and we also know how to get there and once we get there, we've actually made solid decisions rather than being reactionary. You know, this is part of good decision making, exploring all the options so that when the time comes, we make the best decisions. Leadership development is one aspect of this. You know, our church needs more leaders. We need more people to step up into leadership roles and become elders and deacons. In this regard, we are actively working in this area already. But maybe a practical first step towards this is to consider becoming a member today. If you're not a member of this church, there is sadly a constitutional barrier to you being able to be a leader in some roles. And so I would encourage each and every person with this. If this is your church, then for as long as that statement is true, become a member. Then if God calls you and directs you into a role, you're prepared and ready. It's a bit like having a passport. 
You might hardly ever use it, but if the chance arises, you're ready. Have a chat with one of our leadership team to get the ball rolling. And this sort of leads into the next part. Recruit more people to actively participate in more areas of the life of the church, serving and worshipping Jesus with skills and gifts in all areas of the church, not just on Sundays. I know it might seem at times like the only options you have to serve are on Sundays on a team or up front in the worship team or kids' church. And some of you just aren't built for those teams. And we get it. We want to provide you with opportunities to serve and worship Jesus with your gifts and abilities in all areas of the church, not just on Sundays. Are you a gifted administrator? We'd love to provide an opportunity for you to serve Jesus and his church. Are you really into hospitality? We would love to provide an opportunity for you to serve Jesus and his church. Are you great with online, digital or social media? We would love to provide you an opportunity to serve Jesus and his church. Have you got a passion for something we're not already doing? Well, we'd love to provide an opportunity for you to serve Jesus and his church in that too. You see, authentic worship is a way of life. It's not limited by time or place. How can you worship Jesus utilising your gifts to worship him in truth and in spirit? Our next value is vibrant family, and here is how that is expressed. We're going to continue focused ministry, activities and groups for men and women of all generations, and to continue to partner with parents to minister to children and families through Kids Church and Kids Converge. All generations are valued and are important to us. We are going to continue to minister to all generations. Our adults, our men and women, you are vitally important and we value ministering to your generations. We also value ministering to the next generations as well and in that regard we're going to resource our ministries to the next generations well, including our young adults, youth and children and work towards beginning a youth ministry to teens. We're going to recruit and employ a next generation's ministry leader to begin by the end of next year. You know, part of resourcing our ministries to the next generations well is to resource and fund a staff role in that area. The leadership team and I have been in discussion about this for a little while now. You see, under my terms of employment, numbers and figures were determined upon which would trigger a move in my employment from four days to five days per week. And we've pretty much hit those numbers and figures over the last few months. But you know my heart and my desire is to see the local church flourish. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's really deep within me, that, that heart and desire. And so I've asked that instead of paying me that extra day, if that money would be redirected towards employing a next generation's ministry leader. You know, the church will get far more for the money employing another person for 12 and hopefully we are stretched to 16 hours a week than it would paying me the fifth day. And the leadership team have agreed to this and I'm very excited to announce that next year we'll be undertaking a search for the right person to fill that role. And as we continue to grow, well, maybe that fifth day for me might become unavoidable 
But for now, this is the best stewarding of the church's resources. And this is where our next generation's account also comes into play. It will most likely be a stretch for us financially to fund this additional staff person and fund their work as well. So the next generation account will be available to give them funds to work with for their ministry activities and potentially cover any small shortfalls in wages if there is any. This is obviously something that we will be bringing to the church to vote on and follow all the regular processes when the time is right, but we firmly believe this is the direction God is leading us to minister to the next generations. So please pray that God would direct the right person for us and for this role to us in his timing. We're also going to host events and services to connect our converged groups as well as our family, children, youth and adult ministries with a wider church family. We don't want to build a whole bunch of silos that are completely separate in all different age groups and different ministries and different parts of the community. We want to remain connected and as one church, together, one big family. And so that's really important, a part of hosting natural opportunities for more engagement with a whole church family and our various ministries. We will continue and invest in those spaces too. We will grow and develop our culture and our capacity for generous hospitality to become a more welcoming, loving and connected family, seeing that culture break out into our community. You know, hospitality is the key to connection. Think about moments in your life when you get together as a family. It's usually around a meal, right? Or around some form of hospitality. This is the way that we have been wired by God. That's why food is such an important part of all cultures. This is the way we've been wired by God. It's how we connect with each other. Hospitality is the key to connection and it's the key to community. And we want to not only have an excellent culture of generosity, of generous hospitality within the church, a culture that's welcoming and loving and connected, but for that culture to break out into our wider community, to help our whole community become more welcoming, loving and connected. When I think of the explosive growth that occurred in the book of Acts, it was centred around hospitality. It's how we have been wired. And we have three key actions from this. The first one is our hospitality team. We're going to be working really hard on expanding, growing and equipping, better equipping our hospitality team. You know, Matt and, Heaven, <coughs> Matt and Helen, Helen, Matt and Helen have absolutely wonderful hearts to serve. And they have been serving in hospitality since before I got here. And they have been doing such a wonderful job but two people is not enough. And they right now are taking a very well-earned break on a cruise. Lucky them, eh? They're enjoying generous hospitality on that cruise. We need not just two people in this team, we, we need more like 20 people on our hospitality team, or more. You know? and, and maybe your heart is resonating with hospitality, well, can I say, don't ignore that? If you're like, yes, you know, of course, hospitality is the key to relationship, to community, to family. You know, I, I love hospitality. I have a heart for hospitality. I'm a, 
You know, I'd love to do something in that space. Don't ignore that. Because we want to do so much more in this area of hospitality and we need a large team to facilitate this. We're also going to be getting a coffee cart. We've been generously gifted a proper barista coffee machine and a bean grinder and we're going to set this up in the coming months. And this is going to be a great asset to our hospitality offerings by having a portable coffee cart. On Sundays, coffees and hot chocolates will sort of be around the $2 mark with any profit going to local missions. And this will st- there will, of course, still be the free tea and coffee. So if you don't want to spend money, you don't have to. It's fine, right? Now, I need to be honest with you. I hate coffee. I actually don't like it. But I do like relationships. And I do like connecting with people. And in our culture, coffee has a main part, has a major part to play in that. And so this isn't about coffee. It's about relationships. It's about providing those opportunities to connect together as family, both here and outside. And having a coffee cart also enables us to even train young people who might then be able to gain employment in a local cafe or at least give experience and training in, in some sort of business setting. You know, do you know how many times I'm asked to be a referee for people? And sometimes I think, I've got nothing other than your character, obviously, to, to speak upon, but I don't know how, as a young person, if they're going for a job and ask me to be a referee, like, what can I add? Well, if they work in on our coffee cart, what have I got? I've got experience with them, I've got something to observe and then there's an opportunity for me to speak into them and hopefully help them in a way that they need to be helped. So this isn't just about coffee, let me make that very clear. It's also about investing into people and it's about creating an environment and culture where great hospitality helps foster even better connections and community. We're also going to, as I said, expand this out into our community and we have cafe vouchers. See, we want our culture of excellent hospitality to break out of these walls and into our community and we're starting the ball rolling here. I've got a whole heap of $10 cafe vouchers. The idea is you come and grab a voucher and then you take a friend out for a coffee on us or hot chocolate or whatever drink you need. They'll even buy you a Coke if you need, right? It's $10 value. The idea is that you come and grab the voucher, take that, co- take that friend out. And the only expectation that we have is that when you use one of these vouchers, that you have a purposeful and meaningful conversation with the person that you take. Don't just talk about the weather or sport, right? Purposeful and meaningful have a deeper conversation about the things that matter in life. You can take someone from church that you might not really know that well. What a great opportunity it is to build better relationships within our church family, to be more connected and and to show that hospitality to each other. But even better, take a friend who doesn't go to church and they're available to collect today. They're for Intermezzo Cafe and Hollywood's. So if you'd like one of those, just come and see me. I've got heaps of them to give to you today. Or just do it off your own bat too. That's completely fine as well. But let that break out of, as, as part of that, that natural nature of who we are. Let that break out. 
We're also going to explore how to cater for the continued growth of church, of our church family, planning and potentially constructing a new building in 2023 to 2024, a new hope-filled safe space. Do you know that over the last two Sundays, just regular, normal, ordinary Sundays, nothing special, we've had over 100 people at both of those services the last two weeks? We max out this building at 140. We did that earlier in this year in March. And it was squishy, and it was busy, and there was no room for anything because we were just packed in. All seats were taken. And so the perfect opportunity and the perfect moment is now to explore what the best option is to cater for continued growth. And work is already underway towards this. We know that renovating this building will be too expensive and does not solve any of our future needs, really. It just solves the one need of a larger space. And as a leadership, we have been diligent in exploring our options for a new building to be built next to the playground and for car parking to be then wrapped right around the corner of this property. We have, initial, we have an initial quote for a small part of this project which confirmed that this will be the most economical way to proceed. But we don't have a price on the full project yet. And we can't really report much more to you other than to say that we're still exploring all the options and getting a price. Once we have that, we'll present all the information, consult widely with you all, and then put a proposal to the church to vote on. But we're nowhere near that point now. <clears throat> but it's very important that we do do everything in this area to cater for continued growth. So please keep praying for us. We also want to ensure that we're not just growing in number, but we're growing in depth as well. So we're going to support, resource and encourage healthy small groups with the aim of 70% of adults in the church actively involved and participating in a small group. You know, small groups are the engine room of a healthy church. It's only in small groups that we have the deeper spiritual connections as you study the word together, support each other, pray for each other and do life together. We want to work towards maintaining 70% of our adults in our church actively participating in small groups because this is healthy for you as an individual and healthy for the church as a whole. We're going to train and equip people with skills and abilities to study the Bible well, apply it to their lives and communicate the truths of Scripture and the hope we have in the gospel to others. We began this recently and will continue this. Next year, I'll be running the Communicating the Hope of the Gospel course again. And it all starts with excellent Bible study. If you want to learn how to study the Bible well, then come along to this course when you see it advertised next year. And we had great fruit from the course that we ran this year. If you remember Daniel and Anthony and um, Jim... They both shared. That was from that course. Now that is how the course is designed to naturally be towards communicating to groups of people, but it's 
starts and the bulk of it is good Bible study. So if you are going to benefit from that, come along. We're also going to equip new believers to learn and grow in faith uh, and devotion to the Lord and encourage a culture of discipleship, investing into the lives of those around us intentionally, encouraging them in their walk with the Lord. See, this really is about discipleship. Intentional spiritual friendships with other believers. Iron sharpening iron. How often do you catch up with other believers and read the Bible together, pray together, talk about the real struggles you're facing in your life, asking for help when it's needed? See, this should be a natural thing that we all do all the time. It's almost a bit like hospitality, isn't it? Now, many husband and wives do this. But I believe that we all need people outside of that relationship where we can talk bloke to bloke, woman to woman, where we're open and, and, and dare I say it, vulnerable with someone else. Where we have a good friend who we can turn to and celebrate with as well as lean on and learn from and be inspired by. And joyful service, we're going to reach out into our community through our expanded culture of generous hospitality. As generous hospitality becomes ingrained in our culture, it will naturally flow out of our church into our community. But we're also going to be intentional about it. You know, we took morning tea to, over to the police station um, two or three years ago. And we haven't had the free air to do something like that since. But we're going to do more of those sorts of things. Maybe down at the justice centre and the courts or the staff there or the ambulance or the fire service or the hospital or the council. It is important that we are intentional and plan ways to reach out into our community through our expanded culture of generous hospitality. We're also going to pastorally care for our family and for our community, visiting and pastorally caring for those in nursing homes, providing meals as needed and connecting with people who need hope. You know, we have a great pastoral care team who are already operating this space and we look forward to seeing them flourish. We're going to support our mission partners locally, nationally and internationally. Explore and research new, more sustainable, affordable and impactful mission partnerships and initiatives locally, nationally and internationally. You know, with our mission efforts, we want to be the best stewards of the resources that God has given us. You know, recently we were advised that Kim and Craig Barnes would not be returning to the mission field in Cambodia. And we are sensing a change in overseas mission and how best we can support gospel works overseas. You know, we're not convinced that sending missionaries from Australia to other countries is affordable and sustainable as a long-term endeavour anymore. So our missions team will be researching, exploring and investigating with the help of BUV and Baptist Mission Australia if there are local pastors in local churches overseas who we could partner with potentially train, equip and maybe help resource gospel works that they are already undertaking or could expand into with additional support. And as for national and local missions, things aren't really changing very much except we are directing a lot more of our mission budget towards local mission initiatives, which is my next and final point today. You're like, yes, you've already been going for half an hour. We're going to explore, try and undertake new local mission initiatives to bring hope in practical ways, develop more contact with our wider community, 
connect with them and develop relationships through which we can then communicate the hope of the gospel. You know, we have recently funded two Christian camp scholarships at Mill Valley Ranch with Baptist Camping to the value of $500 each. And those two scholarships went to two girls that come to Kids Converge. These girls had never heard the gospel or even the Easter story until they came to Kids Converge. But they are there every time we are on. They have a challenging family situation which really needs a lot of prayer. And these scholarships came at the perfect time for this family. The girls will be going off to camp in the first week of January, which is also the perfect time for them too. You could not believe how perfect this has all come. I guess we shouldn't question it, but it, God, God's timing and everything has been perfect. God is good. Now, I can't say too much more because of confidentiality, but I know that hope has been sown into this family. Real needs have been met. Seeds have been sown, and now it's over to God to give the increase. So I want you to keep pr- praying for them. And we want to do more of this sort of thing. You know, aid and relief are very well funded in Wangaratta. But what's not well funded is gospel outreach. And we've got plans to do some work in this area. You know, we've already been talking about this, and so here are the details. You've always wanted to know what this this event is all about. Here it is, finally. On the first three Wednesdays of January, we are hosting three free summer fun days to bring hope to our community, especially to kids during summer holidays. These three events are in public spaces. Each of them runs from 10am till 2pm. The first is at Apex Park on Wednesday, January 4th. We have booked Mobile Laser Tag to come and do their thing for the four hours, open to everyone, and we'll also be doing a free sausage sizzle. The second is at the Wangaratta Sports and Aquatic Centre on Wednesday, January 11th. We've been working with the pool and they'll be doing free entry for the whole community for us from 10am to 2pm. And we'll also have the inflatable course up and running and we'll do a free sausage sizzle as well. The third one is back at Apex Park on Wednesday, January 18th, where we will have a couple of massive inflatable water slides as well as huge dry jumping castle. And that's going to be from 10am till 2pm and there'll be a free sausage sizzle. Now, this doesn't all come cheap. And just the higher fees alone will cost $3,703, just to be precise, plus what we spend on hospitality. So this Thursday, come to the Vine Hotel where we'll be pitching this event to the community and help us get $1,000 of council money towards this. Why shouldn't we access council funds to support our outreach of hope into our community? These events directly connect with our outreach and evangelism values. It follows our three C's for evangelism. Contact, connect, communicate. These events will give us contact with our community that we would otherwise never have 
so that we can connect with them in ways that we never would have, so that we can have the start of a relationship to be able to communicate the gospel. And our actions will speak volumes anyway. We will not only bring some hope to our community, but show love and hospitality to them in a tangible and very practical way as well. We will be bringing hope and the love of Christ without having to speak a word but by the actions we take. But let's also take any top opportunity we have to share the gospel in words too. We'll be providing a safe space for families to come to a wholesome environment where they can grab something to eat, have some fun for free. We can help build on our great reputation in the community and be a presence in our rural city for Jesus even more than we are now. But that will only be true if as many of us as possible also attend these free family fun days, free summer fun days. To be there to serve people, to have the casual but intentional conversations with people in the parks or at the pool, to be there to love and support people, and yes, of course, to help the practical things and the barbecue and all that sort of stuff too. These are events for us to get out of these four walls and to take the hope of the gospel with us into our community. Now, you might also consider helping to fund these events. We'd gladly welcome any donations. Just mark them fund days in an envelope or online deposit. Now, we have budgeted for these events. The missions team are putting money behind it. We also have an outreach events budget that's going towards this as well. But your contributions will seriously increase and help our ability to be even more generous to our community. And if these events go well, then we're also looking to do something around Easter time as well, which Council have already spoken to me about and flagged their intention to support with some finances as well. That's how these conversations have started and what they're opening up into in a new space for something new in our community. You know, when I was doing some of the prep and planning work for these events, every person I spoke to at council, be it their events people, their parks people, their community engagement people, they were all so positive towards it. Most of them also threw up ideas on how to uh, maybe have some vendors there to sell things. And they said, no, 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 we want this to be 100% free. We don't want anyone to have to come and feel like they have to pay for anything. And they were even more excited about that. You know, even those conversations are sowing seeds of the hope of the gospel. And I know that's a lot to take in for one day. So I want to give you a quick summary. And also, on the big Bible over there underneath the clock, there are actually printed out versions of the main points from today. So, first of all, here's your summary. Our vision is not changing. We are going to continue as God has already been leading and directing us, waiting for His timing while actively participating in the pursuit to bring glory to God and the hope of the gospel to the northeast. Next year, we will be undertaking a search for a next generation's ministry leader to come on staff, and hopefully by the end of the year, one of those things um, will also, the first thing that they'll be tasked with doing is beginning a youth ministry to teens. 
We will grow and develop our culture and our capacity for generous hospitality to become a more welcoming, loving and connected family, seeing that culture break out into our community. We will continue to explore our options and do all the work required to present to you the full details of a new church building, a new hope-filled safe space to cater for the continued growth of our church family. And we will continue to invest in, equip and train more people for ministry and a successful Christian life and explore new and engaging opportunities for corporate prayer. And we will reach out into our community with new local mission initiatives, the first of which are the free summer fun days in January. So get involved and pray. Become a member and pray. Join a team and pray. Contribute financially and pray. Embody the hope of the gospel and take it with you wherever God leads and directs and pray. Express the love of Christ that you have received with generous hospitality to others and pray. You know what brought success to Nehemiah? It wasn't his leadership alone. It wasn't his team alone. It wasn't a personal endeavour. Look at what the key is to what Nehemiah says about seeing God's vision become a reality. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6. So we built the wall and all the wall was joined together for the people had a mind to work. For the people had a mind to work. And they worked hard and they continued to work even when it was a personal danger. They worked with a brick in one hand and a sword in the other. I don't think we're going to find it that hard. I don't think it's going to be that dangerous for us. They were, though, committed to accomplishing all that God called them to, regardless of the challenges or opposition. May God also grant us that same spirit and heart to have a mind to work and accomplish all that God is leading us into. Let's pray. Almighty God, our God of hope, we praise you and worship you today for who you are and all you have blessed us with. We give you all the glory and are so grateful for your work and leadership amongst us. We come humbly before you in full awareness of our personal failings and fully dependent upon your grace and love that has saved us and gives us hope. Lord, we ask that you grant to each one of us the same heart and spirit of your people as in Nehemiah's time, that we would all be unified in our mind to work and willingness to be involved in what you are doing through us. We submit to your leadership, direction and your timing. We commit today to being active in bringing the hope of the gospel to our community here in the northeast. Lord, go before our search for a next generation's ministry leader. Go before our exploration for a new building. Guide us in our heart and culture of generous hospitality. And go before our local outreach events, preparing a fertile ground to be receptive to the hope of the gospel. We thank you for your grace, mercy, leadership and guidance. And may your Holy Spirit empower each one of us as we work together to bring you glory and the hope of the gospel to the northeast. Amen.